Welcome to Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave Music Podcast. My name's Steve. And I'm your friend T-Bone. To welcome you back, and we're going to be discussing the latest album from Duran Duran. And then we will cover uh, the most recent album from Erasure. You might remember Duran Duran. They had such big hits as Rio. Boys. Looks like they'll try again. Boys. Never lose it. Boys. Never try. And view to a kill. They have a new album out, if you did not know. Future Past is their 15th studio album. Right. You know, and and it's interesting because um, being 2021, their first album came out in 1981. And so it has literally been 40 years for them making music, which I is just impressive to me. Nice. And I don't know about you, T-Bone, but for Duran Duran, I was kind of shocked that they started releasing singles for this back in May because I didn't really hear much of it until until right around October when the album dropped. Yeah, I, I think they had you know plenty of time, just like plenty of other uh, artists during the pandemic, where they could uh, create the music that they were interested in doing and then slowly start releasing it. Yeah, and funny you say that with with the lockdown, but this album, a lot of it was actually written and ready to go prior to everything shutting down. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I did not know that. And that's really interesting because obviously uh, they had the album Paper Gods before this one. And so if they had material that they'd already working on, then uh, they had been very busy. Yeah, and I mean, the only little bit I read on this was John Taylor describing Future Past as they wrote a lot of lyrics prior to the lockdown. Um, and they said many of the songs were about dealing with emotional crisis or long-term in- intimacy issues. Um, and they came back to it after the lockdown. So the lyrics were, were still relevant after being in lockdown and the album... Well, that's what they went with for the album. Yeah. So we still have the main core of the band. We got Simon Lebon, of course, on vocals, John Taylor on bass, Nick Rhodes with synth and program synths and programming, uh, Roger Taylor on drums, and Andy Taylor and the band had disagreements years ago, as, as well as he had some mental uh, mental illness issues. So he left the band after uh, being with them at different times over the years. Uh, but Graham Coxon, uh, who is actually the guitarist for Blur, came in to not only do production on the album, but to do guitars. And I don't know how you uh, if you feel the same or not, but I thought he did, he just blended in perfectly. Oh, I didn't even know he was on that album. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it fit right in. So let's jump into the album. The album opens up with the song Invisible. As the talking goes, it's the one-way flow. No fault, no blame. As the memory's gone, are you feeling numb? And have I invisible? What can I say about this song? But T-Bone, I love this song. I loved how it just was catchy, kind of slapped you in the face. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's the first single off of the album. And I, you know, it starts this, it starts this album with a strong beat. And it also has kind of a, I don't want to say, I'm not going to use the word grunginess to it, but it does start off with kind of a, a, a lower bass kind of sound. Kind of gets a little bit more raw. Yeah. It de- oh, definitely grunge, far more, more raw. raw. Yeah, and but, I think that's the perfect word for it. But let's make no mistake, this is classic Duran Duran. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and, and it really kind of just melds into the rest of the album, which... Uh, has a lot of different styles to it, as we're going to talk about, but it's a great way to start it. 
Yeah, I would agree. And to me, this first track, the way this starts out was so much better than their last album, Paper Gods. I, it was one that just did not connect to me. And that's that's odd. I, I thought it would have because I really quite enjoyed it. But I mean, obviously, we're not talking about that one today. But I, I thought that was a, a really good album uh, a few years back. But let's continue on this. Uh, the second song is called All of You. Really, I'm not in love with John Taylor, but you're going to think so after listening to this uh, podcast because his bass kicks in on that song in high gear and there is no stopping him. I absolutely love this song. I agree. That's some of my notes I even put on there. I love how it just opens up with some great bass work. Yeah, it, it, it's just brilliant. And I know he you know, obviously has years of experience. I, I think it shows on this song. It really just pumps right in. And oh, I, it pumps I, in. I, and I love, I love also how the drums kind of will just kind of mellow. It does a great job of leading right into the chorus. The lyrics are great. It's kind of, to me on this, it's kind of a song that back in junior high, you probably would have gave it to your little girlfriend or wannabe girlfriend on back in the day on a mixtape. Oh, yeah. No, it would have been perfect for that. Yeah. Classic love song. Classic Duran Duran. <laughs> And then up next is uh, the third song, Give It Up. And it features Swedish singer Tove Lo, who I'm a huge fan of. I did not know who that was until this, this album. Well, I don't know who it is either. I'm just oh. kidding. But, <laughs> But, you know, to be honest with you, though, I I really did enjoy uh, her background vocals on this album. I I thought they were lush and they fit in really well with the song. Yeah, I I agree. Her vocals definitely do add a depth to the song, like another layer. Yeah. It goes perfect with it. You know, and and, I mean, we're not quite to the the title track yet, but, you know, the, the, the album name, as you mentioned, Steve, is Future Past. And one of my favorite lines from this song is, we are heading to tomorrow today. And I really thought it was interesting how, and it's not a science fiction-y kind of thing, maybe like, you know, how uh, we talked about Tom Bailey previously, but there is kind of a, a, a future push on this album. I, I think it really works well for them, especially have, after all that time that they've been in the music business. Yeah, and they've been around for 40 years, and I, I think it's kind of coming full circle back again with their sound. It, to me, this is classic Duran Duran. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, and I mean, right now, I think we're so far at three for three. This oh, yeah, is definitely three for great three. Great song, but you know, it even gets better. Yeah. Because no, number four, go for it, Steve. Number four anniversary. This one is just classic Duran Duran. Opens with your classic Sith, classic bass guitars, keyboards, and even some cowbell. Well, yeah, it's a, this is a celebration of their 40-year history, you know, and it's so funny that you brought up the cowbells because in my notes, I've got the very same thing. For me, the highlights of this, uh, of this song are, again, Taylor's bass. Uh, I just think it's absolutely fantastic on this song and the cowbells used during it. I did not expect that. Don't know that there's another Duran song that has cowbells. No. But you can never have enough cowbells. I agree. 
The only bad thing I'd say about this song is it's just a shame it's not getting the exposure it deserves. Well, the whole album is oh, not really, you know. I mean, uh, these guys, uh, these guys are are living legends, and uh, that's why, as we've said many times, that's what we're here for. We're exactly. trying to bring this uh, music out of uh, its little hiding place and hope that uh, you know it gives them the exposure that uh, that they still deserve. I agree. So we're four for four. Absolutely. Which leads us into the title track of the album, Future Past. So don't you It's one of the few ballads on the album. Um, I do like this one. I really liked how when it kicked into the chorus, it kind of had a persona of trying to turn in that song into a whole nother song, kind of went a different way. I may even have liked it a little bit more than you. I think the reason I didn't like this is just the album placement to me felt odd. If you're listening to this just from start to finish, you go from the building up to the high energy of anniversary to then to future past. And we're just kind of, I can see where you're coming from. No, I can see where you're coming from. I, I really found it to be a fantastic blending of, of where Duran Duran had been and hopefully where they're continuing to go. And I think that goes along with the title of the song itself. No, I agree. I, I do like this one again. So we're five for five. And then we hit probably what is my favorite song on this album. And it's called Beautiful Lies. What does it mean? This song is straight out of the 80s. Oh, the um, keyboard, no question. Yeah, you know, and what I what hit me initially is that this song could easily be paired with the best songs of Pet Shop Boys. I thought that they really, I, I really thought that that, and, and they were trying to uh, to steal from the Pet Shop Boys, but the the bass on it, the dance beat, everything reminded me of that kind of sound that Pet Shop. Oh, it Boys does remind me of like, definitely a club hit that you could see. I absolutely love this song. Mm-hmm. The lyrics and everything. Uh, I just love the way that LeBon sings on this one. This and is one that I'm excited to see if they do like a like a remix or 12-inch mix of this. They really should. I mean, it's definitely worth it. And then we get into my favorite song on the album, Tonight United. My favorite one reminds me of Vintage Duran Duran, just like uh, Beautiful Lies did for you. I really like the chorus, how it kind of does that na-na-na-na-na. Yeah, you know, I, I actually agree with you very much on this. It has an outstanding chorus. And what it reminded me was of football, or as they would call it over in England, football. soccer oh. uh, song. Or no, I mean, as we would call it here in the U.S., soccer, uh, soccer, but as they call it over there, football. And did you hear kind of a similar similarity to New Order's World in Motion yes. from 1990, yeah, which was a football song for, for England? And I just found this connection between the two songs. And I don't know uh, if that was intended, but I, I really think it's kind of a, a rallying cry song. Yeah, no, no question. Um, it does also come along very well. It's very united with vocally and musically. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know what's interesting? I I don't know if uh, you have this in your notes, uh, Steve, but both Beautiful Lies and Tonight United were produced by Giorgio Giorgio Moroder, who obviously has has done some of the biggest dance hits over the past 50 years. And it is the first time that Duran Duran has ever worked with him and really think they need to look into having a, a much longer partnership. Oh, no question. So, so far, we're over halfway through the album and we're seven, we agree, seven for seven. Seven for seven. Yeah, this this album is not disappointing. Well, let's talk about number eight, Wing. To me, this one, just the opening... It sounded kind of subpar for Duran Duran. It really reminded me of one of those lesser from the 80s James Bond themes that you would hear playing very forgettable. It's the one track on the album that I just did not really care for. Well, it's another ballad from them, and uh, it's not the strength of the album, although I think it does have some great guitar work on it. But uh, yeah, I have to agree with you that it didn't really leave a really strong impression with me. Yeah, this is one definitely that I will be skipping uh, going forward. Yeah, it's not. It's unfortunate that we've had so many good songs in a row, and then one that at least for both of us did let us down a little bit. Yeah, and then another ballad after that, nothing less. This one to me is a great ballad. I like how this one works, especially chorus kicks in. It's a good way to get the album back on track, especially from that last previous song, Wing. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's another mid-tempo ballad. It has some very lush synths on it and uh, that also highlight LeBond's vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, I really enjoyed the background vocals on it. I, oh, I, yeah. I, and so what I uh, really liked about it also is uh, the background vocals on it. They reminded me a lot of some of Paul Young's background vocals back in the 80s, the background vocals on his songs also. And I think they they really uh, match well with this song as well. Yeah, and then we jump from there into Hammerhead. This one, again, features um, probably another one of your favorite artists. Yeah, Ivor, Ivorin Dahl. Ivorin Dahl, a, a, an absolute favorite of mine. No, I have no idea who that yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know who that is prior to this album. <laughs> but, it, this, but it does have a this song. Now, I, I, I do want to say my positives and negatives about this song. Now, for me, posit, the positive is that it has a great funky sound from the synth and the bass. And at times, the synths actually reminded me of an old 8-bit video game. Uh <laughs> But unfortunately, this Ivora doll uh, and and Duran Duran has done this with the past couple of albums. They bring in somebody who is considered a rapper. This artist uh, has this obligatory rap in the middle of the song, which personally I found very tiresome. I'm the marrow to your bone, voice set in stone. This is the inevitable suffering. You already know the pain is immeasurable. You're gonna pay the toll when it's all said and done. My name is written on your soul. 
inside uh, overall what I thought was a really good song, but I, I just can't See, understand I like, this collaboration. I, I like the song, but it started off with a big distraction. Some of the lyrics are definitely not the strongest, such as Bang Bang Boomerang to open up the album. How can you go wrong with Bang Bang Boomerang? But I did like it's kind of acapella chorus. And I didn't really mind the rap. It was just kind of take it or leave it. But my your, sounds like your bigger hurdle was the rap. Mine bigger was the bang, bang, boomerang. Yeah, definitely. You lyrics, me, the rap. I just don't find it necessary in the song. I know maybe they're trying to appeal to a, a younger crowd with having some unknown mm-hmm. rapper in it. But it, it, it just didn't do anything for me. I like the song. I just don't care for that rap mixed in there. And then we get to more joy. And probably following a T-Bone classic artist. Yes, Chai. Chai. Uh, I guess, you know, from what I understand, Chai is a pop punk Japanese band. And as you mentioned, Steve, the name of the album with an exclamation point is More Joy. That title says everything about this song. Oh, yeah. It's it's just a fun song. Steve, this is my new happy song. (laughs) This song makes me so happy. I I just love the, the, the bounce to it. Now, just to interject here real quick, my son is into uh, a Japanese form of music called Hatsani Miku, which I probably just butchered the name. Oh, never heard of it. Yeah, it's some virtual uh, singer. I'm not saying that it sounds like this is Hatsani Miku, but that that Japanese kind of pop rock sound mixed into it reminded me of that. I don't know anything really about that style of music, but I've heard it and it really, I think, kind of benefits this song uh, because it makes it a little bit unusual. And I really like how it changes the the tempo of the the song, especially on this album. Yeah, and definitely if you want to feel more joy, put on the song More Joy. You will be as happy as I am every time (laughs) you hear it. Then we close out the album with Falling. Falling to This one features Mike Garrison. This ballad actually really works. Um, has a beautiful piano track to open it. Simon's vocals are on point on this one, I feel. And then the song, I think that you'd probably like this or like this portion. I don't know if it's in your notes, but the song kicks into a great bass guitar mix as well. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about that here in a second also. But Steve, are you familiar with who Mike Garson is? I've heard of the name, but it's escaping me. He is where was the pianist for David Bowie. That would make sense why there's a beautiful piano track. Right. Yeah, the piano on it is fantastic. Now, this this song is a little bit slower. It kind of slows down at the end of the album. But yeah, you know, the combination of Garson's piano, the synths, and bass, I, I felt it created a dreamy landscape. I just absolutely love this song. It's, it's not a, a big dance hit type song to no. end the album, but it is really, uh, and especially with that piano work on there. Oh, it's, it's just a great beautiful. one. I re- highly recommend to check that one out. So to me, with the exception of the song Wing, this is a very solid album. I haven't been this excited for a Duran Duran album probably since their 1993 wedding album or the Untitled album. Yeah, and I'm really hoping we see Duran Duran on a tour off for this album. I'd love to see them. This just screams like a big type outdoor concert. Absolutely. Yeah. No, the, the last time I saw them was in the early 2000s and it was with the original five. Seeing them then was was awesome, but absolutely love to see them with this new music. Yeah. Hopefully it, we hear a tour announcement. I hope so soon. Yeah, I would love to see that now. 
Yeah, and I think anybody who's in Duran Duran found is really going to like this album. Yeah. Their, their sound is, they've just tweaked it a little bit, made it a little bit more relevant, but it's still your classic Duran Duran. It really is. And the instrumentation from everyone is just stunning. All right. So before we get into a Razor's new album, let's just jump into some brief music news. So Steve and I are really excited about the following. Um, Tears for Fears has a new album coming out, The Tipping Point. They have announced a tour. Uh, they're going to start off in Cincinnati on May 20th, going to uh, run through uh, July until they get to, looks like, New Jersey. Or actually, New York is the last one. And uh, Steve and I will uh, both be at the Denver show. Uh, we look forward to talking about that after that we've seen them. And T-Bone, what I'm kind of disappointed, I mean, I'm really excited to see Tears for Fears, but I really wish we would have their their UK opener. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, with us here in the U.S., we're going to get garbage, which is not the band. Yes, the band. I'm not saying that, that we're getting a garbage band. We're getting the band garbage. But absolutely. Uh, you know, let us know uh, who is going to be opening over in the U.K., Steve. Allison Moyet. So yeah. our U.K. listeners get a nice little bonus. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess you could kind of say that she's a, a bucket list for me. I just don't know that I'm ever going to have a chance to see her. And then just a couple other brief little tip, tidbits. The Fix and the Psychedelic Furs both abruptly canceled their remaining tours for the rest of the year and will pick them back up in the spring of 2022. Speaking of The Fix, they did just drop a new song or a new single called Wake Up. As Cy Curran said, it's intended as a call to, clar- to clarity. It's more important now to be alert and aware. Life is not a dress rehearsal. Baby, it's time. A little bit different sounding than the fix as used to, or at uh, least the opening. When I riff. first heard the opening music, I swore I was listening to Nirvana, which I was not necessarily happy about. But uh, as it goes along, it 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 worked for me. And then the last thing we wanted to mention before uh, Erasure is that Billy Idol is going on tour for February and April. Uh, interestingly enough, though, he is opening for Journey. Yes, you heard that here first. Billy Ol Idol is opening for Journey. And just a real quick, not really music news, but just a recommendation. Um, we really focus on more of a, the established artists, but if you're looking for something new to listen to, California's Dear Boy just dropped another single. And admittedly, I'm a huge fan of theirs, but their new song reminds me something of you'd hear Vincent Smith or even the, the guitar work on it sounds more like The Cure. Their new single is uh, Say When. get a chance check that one out all right up next we are going to talk about erasure and of course you remember classic songs from erasure such as oh l'amour chains of love Sometimes. Sometimes. 
2020 album, Neon. Uh, that is their 18th studio album. Can you believe that? 18 studio albums in about 35 years. I can't. It just seems like their last album to me was um, the one with Chorus from the 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, and that's a great album. Uh, but this is actually their highest charting album since 1994's I Say, I Say, I Say. That's right. Um, this album does open up with the song, Hey Now, I Think I Got a Feeling. You better keep the ways from them. I gotta go now. It's a great way to start the album. You know, immediately things get moving with it as Andy's asking us to join in a celebration. I did want to say that I I find this to be a dance album. Absolutely. It usually is. Wait, Erasure is a dance album? I'm shocked. Can you believe that? But uh, this one I thought was a little bit more personal at at dealing with the love that we have for those closest to us. Uh, You can see that in a lot of the songs and it really starts off with Hey Now. Yeah, and that one, Hey Now does a great job of establishing it. It hits that classic erasure beat and catchy chorus and an infectious beat. From there we move into the second song, Nerves of Steel. I mean, this was another solid track. It's a slow but subtle beat, kind of changes, it kind of keeps moving up those octaves as the song progresses. Yeah, this is actually my one of my favorite songs on the album. I think that Clark's opening synths and synth bass makes for the uh, you mentioned the previous song being traditional erasure. This one was oh, no question, could have come right out of one of their earlier albums. And I just absolutely love the vocals on this one from Andy Bell. I, I th- like I mentioned, this is one of my favorites off of the album. And then we moved to Fallen Angel. T-Bone, this one just really did not do much for me until it kicked into the chorus. And then it's one of those that kind of gets stuck in your mind. Very infectious, a catchy, fun number. I love the line uh, or the lyric that says, fly like a fallen angel. I've tried everything that brings me to love. Yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more than you. As a matter of fact, this is number two as one of my favorite tracks on the album. Bell, I believe he's given us stories of things that bring joy and love to life. And I do agree with you completely that the chorus is fantastic. And I really think it's some of the best that he's done in years. Oh, no question. What did you think of the song, No Point in Tripping? You know, it's not maybe not the strongest song on the album, but it does have some excellent synth work from Clark. At points, it actually kind of reminded me of his work on the first album with Depeche Mode. The really? ins- the instrumentation, yeah. I, you know, there's kind of a I could see that more a little bit more of a simplistic nature to uh, to the uh, the synthesizers that he's using on it. As a matter of fact, I, I'll just interject this real quick. Clark did say that he went back and decided to use some of his older synthesizers for this album. Really? And so I think that maybe that's why I kind of got that hint of very early Depeche Mode on this song. It's not necessarily the strongest album or strongest song on the album, but um, I still think it's worthy. I agree. And then we go into the shot of satellite. You shot of satellite. 
this intro though kind of sound a little too much like the prior song no point in tripping or listening to them back to back they kind of blend there's not really a distinctive or you know which song's the next one it was okay it all just, right it kind of gets lost in the album but i think we're going to disagree i think we're going to disagree on this one this is my third of my favorites on this album to me this is a party song uh, i absolutely love the little hum that he adds in uh to the lyrics i i thoroughly enjoyed this song and i i know where you're coming from but yeah i think we just have to have a little disagreement on this one uh nerves of steel fallen angel and shot a satellite are, are my favorites off of this album and those are almost the singles i swear shot a satellite would have been a single maybe it still will and then we reach the song tower of love Throughout this album, I've enjoyed the various melody of music and beats on this album. One thing Erasure does very well with our songs is they can hook you into a song with their catchy lyrics and melody and beats. This song, however, didn't have either. Um, it was a very average song to me. Actually, my least favorite song on the album. For me, it just lacks any energy or strong ins- instrumentation of the other songs on this album, and the lyrics just seemed lacking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it was. It was just something about the way that uh, Andy Bell presented the lyrics that just did not really heighten anything for me on this album. But hey, that's why we're here. Yep. And one thing with this song is it, it is the shortest, I think, on the album. But it does actually kind of listen when you're listening to it, it feels like one of the longer ones, which is not a good thing sometimes. Yeah. Well, and then we'll go into number seven, which is Diamond Lies. Oh, I think this is one of the better songs of the second half. Oh, I agree. Um, it's structured very similar to earlier Erasure hits. And uh, I really did like the sound on this one. The vocals, everything seemed to kind of match perfectly with each other. But what was your thoughts, Steve? I like this one. I like it. It kind of gets the album back on track. This would definitely be back in the day if you had your cassette. This would be the start of the B-side that gets you catching into it. it kind of got you, gets you in with the hook. I enjoyed it more than the last couple tracks. I think it's a, a great recovery after my feelings at least on tower of love i i think it really uh, kind of brings the album back to where it should be yeah and then we get into new horizons which is the ballad on the album there will be new horizons we will live to love again you're my love you're my savior I know you're going to be shocked with a big love song on, on an Erasure album. But yeah. I, I love the message about starting over after a fight with a loved one. Right. Like there's going to be new new horizons that, we'll live, that we live to love again. Right. No, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And, and it has great piano work from Clark on it. It's really, I mean, along with what you're saying, it is a, a wonderful song about finding hope Yeah, and this love. one's not really a catchy dance one, but to me, this is one of the stronger ones on the album. Right. No, I agree. Yeah. And, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a ballad on an album. I mean, most artists will do at least one for each uh, album that they do. I think this one is a, a, a very well put together song that fits in nicely. Yep. And then we get into careful what I tried to do. You got fortitude and you find the means when you care about the important things and you came along at the perfect time when I needed 
one is okay. To me, this is kind of what you call a filler out, a filler song. Didn't really leave much of an impression. Yeah, I mean, I maybe liked it a little bit more than you. I, I think I enjoyed it uh, both lyrically and instrumentally uh, more than you did, Steve. But uh, that's not to say that it's one of the strongest uh, songs on the album. And then this album closes out with the song, Kid, You're Not Alone. A letter that I wrote to myself And to those that I to me this is the skippable song on the album it's nothing but pure filler and i feel like when it comes to the chorus they're trying too hard to make this song work i agree with you completely it's another ballad really not a memorable song to close the album it's not that it's not a decent song it's just kind of a touch bland yeah you know it doesn't really add anything to the album i really felt that the first half of this album was stronger than the second on a positive note though you know what you're getting with erasure even half of an album having great songs is uh welcome with all their years in music oh i would agree this is most it's probably like 75 percent of the album is very listenable and, and solid so i would recommend the neon they yeah. did also come out with the, recently this year the new uh N-E-E-P, or the knee EP yes, with uh, five more songs. Yeah, and I don't know what the deal is with EPs lately. I mean, we had the one from Andy Partridge. We've got one from Billy Idol. We've got one from the Erasure. I mean, everybody's putting out EPs lately. You know, I don't know how you feel about it, Steve, but I... I and maybe you'll have a little more insight than I did, but I just didn't find them to be all that interesting of songs. See, and this is where we're going to probably disagree. Really? I think the EP was stronger than the album. Really? Now, see, really. okay. It opens up with the song Time Full of Hearts. To me, this one's an infectious dance track, classic erasure staples, pop lyrics, catchy melody, a beautiful chorus. I enjoyed a lot. I Probably, probably my favorite song between the two albums. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't really put a finger on what I felt about these songs other than for me, it just seemed like the five songs on the EP <laughs> really could have just been additional tracks on the LP. Yeah, and I wonder if they were songs that were left off. Um, the next song it goes into is Same Game. This one really reminded me of Vintage OMD. You could tell, you know, I'm a huge OMD fan and I really enjoyed this music. It sounded almost like a tribute to them, musically wise or lyrically and musically. Leaving. It's a slower but enjoyable vocal one. Come on, baby. What's up, baby, now? Tell me what's going on inside. Come on, baby, now. Come together, we can work it out. The, again, this one is pure classic erasure. This is probably my favorite song out of both albums. I know I think I said that with Time Full of Hearts, but Come On Baby to me is probably your catchy erasure classic that could go up there with, with their hits from the late 80s, early 90s. And then it closes out with the song Secrets. There are two
probably enjoyed it more than I should have. Sounds like I did enjoy the CP more than you did. Yeah, I, I just didn't find anything necessarily interesting about it. It, it did feel to me just like leftover material that uh, make the cut for the album Neon. They just decided to put out on an EP. I mean, for for me, Neon is a really fast paced album. Yeah, uh, the songs aren't very long. Most of them go very quickly. It may not be quite as memorable as their first few albums, but I I found it to be a very very strong effort. But yeah, the the knee EP just really didn't feel like that it was a, a necessary to me. Unless you were just going to put individual songs on upcoming albums. NCT Bone, I think you really would like this news then. Eraser just dropped another EP this weekend that we're recording. The NEEP Remixed. Ooh, <laughs> remixes of an EP. Okay, now, never. <laughs> well, to each their own, I guess. T-Bone's going to have to go back and listen to some More Joy by Duran Duran. Oh, More Joy, my happy song. Thanks again so much for listening and downloading our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you uh, do like what you hear, please like us and subscribe. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Yeah, and then, of course, you know, if you do have any comments, uh, suggestions, anything you'd like to say to us, send us an email. Don't you forget podcast at yahoo.com. We uh, really appreciate your support. We hit more uh, downloads of this uh, podcast uh, that we than we really expected it was going to happen. And so it's been very encouraging. So we really appreciate your help. And we'll be back on our next episode where it's going to be kind of all about the covers. Yeah. And this is one I'm really excited about. The next podcast we're going to cover two cover albums. And so the first one is going to be David Gahan and Soul Savers. Uh, he has a new covers album. Imposter. Imposter, right. And uh, then we're going to cover the, not, not the most recent Morrissey album, but his one before that called California Sun. Looking forward to it. We'll see you guys next episode.